All right, ready to go, Michael? You may fire when ready. of Geek Fanthology. I am your host, Neil Cordray, and I am joined this week by... Mike. Mike and Mike. Yep, Mike. Mike's, uh, Mike's the only one here. Due to circumstances beyond our control, and we shall leave it at that, Ben and Wookie are otherwise indisposed this week. Um, it's just why we're not talking about Jessica Jones this week, like I had promised. Sorry. Um, we wanted, we wanted the, whole, the whole team together for that. It's not an April Fool's joke, it's just me and Mike. Uh, <laughs> yep. And today I thought we would talk about lamps. No, wait, that is the April Fool's joke, never mind. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's a joke about lampshading at some point, but that's just lazy. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Um, no, we, uh, we kind of had to scramble to pull together a topic last minute, and we thought, uh, hey, StarCraft's 20th anniversary is coming up. Why don't we talk about it? Well, this uh, this is pretty <laughs> fairly timely, and uh, we already did one for Diablo, so I feel yeah. it's, it's, I feel it's fitting. It's fair. It's, it's fair. It's fair. It's a thing. And I mean, I I did not play StarCraft when it was big in America. I did. I played it in its heyday. Uh, now I you? now I played it when it was big in uh, in. South Korea, but that's because I played it as of the in the so last couple in, three weeks. Yeah, I was gonna say you uh, played it at any time ever. <laughs> <laughs> Using the past tense it, was your first mistake. Yes, it's well, it, it's StarCraft Two. StarCraft is still bigger than StarCraft Two in South Korea. Well, that's a fun way to kind of kick out the episode, uh, just so <laughs> people that aren't as familiar with StarCraft or just don't like follow pro gaming or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, in some cases in Korea, like if you are a top StarCraft player, you are right up there with like. Pop singers and yeah. and athletes like there is, of the non cyber variety. <laughs> yeah, there, there is actual, very much actual fame to be to be had there. Although, really, the first thing we need to talk about is uh, news. Yes, and spoilers. Um, so, traditionally, we'll yes, get to our spoiler of the week and our, our this, week in this geek. week in geek. Um, I only have a couple basic pieces of news. I shared one of them on, on the Facebook group, which if you're not a part of, you should check out. Uh, well, actually, it's a page. I'm thinking of creating a Facebook group, though, so people can interact, uh, because that's perhaps better. Um, but um, two pieces uh, that I've got. First off, Detroit Become Human has a release date for PS4 of May the 25th. This is something that Wookie and I have been very much looking forward to. It's nice for it to officially have a release date. The other thing we have is that... Um, at least according to a couple sources, Gina Rodriguez has been cast as Carmen Sandiego for a live-action Netflix film, which sounds pretty awesome. And I'm sure there's going to be an amazing acapella soundtrack to follow. I would hope that they at least, or at the very least, they they tap acapella for, like, Something. Yeah, they got it. Doesn't have to be an entire acapella soundtrack, yeah. but they need. That's one of the things you really need enough. You got to give them a little love. Yeah, you got to do it, acapella. Yeah. Um, 
And the other thing that was technically on Mike's notes, but I'm going to steal because I saw it too. John Cena has also been apparently been cast as Duke Nukem for something, which this is not an April Fool's joke. No, this was at <laughs> least as the, to the best of our knowledge, it was not. It was, no, no the, the news was out there confirmed before April the first. Yeah, we're recording this uh, as luck would have it on the actual twentieth anniversary date of StarCraft Two, March thirty first. Yeah, jeez, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, neither did I. I knew it was like near. I just didn't know we were on the spot. It's kind of serendipitous. <laughs> But, yeah, um, this is, in fact, all over the place. John Cena has apparently been tapped to play Duke Nukem, which, you know, yeah. I can think of worse casting. I Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> and you know he's going to have fun with the role. Yeah, John Cena... He just seems like a cool dude. I would like to have a beer with John Cena. Um, and can you, can you imagine... I'm not that? so sure I would like to have a beer with John Cena, but I would like... I, I'm not sure... I feel like John Cena is actually much more of, like, a dry white wine kind of guy, actually. Mm. Like, if you've ever watched a lot, a lot of the things that he will... That he has done on the internet... Yeah. Actually shows him to be a little bit... A far, far more sophisticated than you would give him credit for. Well, I mean, look at The Rock. Uh, yeah. The Rock's an intelligent guy. Yeah. He's a fairly sophisticated dude, despite his salt-of-the-earth yeah. approach. Uh, you know, being an affable <laughs> dude. So, there you go. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting, despite the fact that he's in a crappy comedy that's coming out soon called Blockers. That's called Cock Blockers, and uh, well, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> generally The Rock is the exception. It's like when pro wrestlers in movie are in movies, they're usually not very good movies. Yeah, that's just a general. It's kind of like video game movies. It's like if it's a movie based in a video game, probably not that good. Haven't seen Tomb Raider yet, although uh, more people have, I have uh, that I am familiar with have said. It's not bad. I have I've got a resounding okay consensus. <laughs> yes, it's like it's way better than most video game movies. That's not it's a like, hard bar to yeah, to and I'm like, but... okay, I'm not sure how to take that because by that standard it's fantastic, but by a normal movie standard it's like, eh. My cousin is a big fan of Tomb Raider, and he said that they did it pretty well, um, from a movie standpoint. It's a sad state of affairs that if if it doesn't suck, we're quite sad, happy about that. Yeah, that is very sad. It's just but true. I mean, look at it this way, right? It's like it's progress. Like first, video game movies don't happen at all. Then they start getting greenlit and they suck. Then they suck a little bit less. Now they're okay. Maybe a few more years and it will yeah. be more consistently pretty good. And and, <laughs> and if you want to talk about it, Ready Player One is uh, it, well, it's not really necessarily a video game movie. It's definitely a video game inspired movie. Yes. Yes. Um, what's his name? The author was pretty upfront about his influences. Right. Actually, got Which to is go another s- piece of news, by the way, is that that is officially released last yep. week. You know, last I got Friday. to go see a couple movies that he curated for Alamo Drafthouse because Alamo Drafthouse is a fucking great movie theater chain, and they're not paying me to say this. I wish they would. <laughs> I would be. I will pimp for you guys if you're listening. Um, but uh, I guess right now I'm doing it for free, so why should they pay me? But still, um, <laughs> um, very convincing. I went and saw two. Uh, I got to go see two movies this, this last week that he curated for them as mm-hmm. movies that he that he wanted to ch- that he chose as kind of helping to inspire the feel of Ready Player One because he was also he he was uh, one of the producers for it too. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And the two movies I got to go see over the weekend, over this last week, were The Last Starfighter and The Adventures of Buckaroo Bamba Across the Eighth Dimension. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, then. <laughs> and I'm, he picked them both. I'm entirely unsurprised by those picks. <laughs> yeah, well, and he picked them both. Then I mean, Last Starfighter is pretty obvious. Yeah, like that's no shock. Last Starfighter, but Buckaroo is an interesting choice, but. It was okay. a good choice, and it was nice seeing it on screen. Well, that's I, that movie strikes me as a very uh, well. I know this from experience because I watched it the first time with you and other friends, uh, including Wookie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, Ben was there too. The whole gang was there. The whole, whole anthology crew. That was right. Yep, yeah, hail um, hail. That was the first time I've seen it, and it's it's definitely much more fun in a as an experience as a group experience. It was one of their movie parties, so we had props. Yeah, exactly. Um, like. I've got a glow stick somewhere around here. Oh, there's all kinds of possibilities. They gave us a cap gun to <laughs> shoot along with people. It's out of caps yeah. now. Um, Literally busting caps. Yeah, and see what else was there. Oh, and there was a little parachute guy we could throw at the end. Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, but enough talk. But enough uh, free advertisement for. Yes, oh, we, we digress. digress. We digress. Um, what else did you have, Michael? You had other stuff. Yes, I do have other stuff. As the only person who keeps notes in this group. Mr. Organized. <laughs> Speaking of low bars. Uh, yeah, we have um, in other geek news, we have the Deadpool 2 international trailer it just dropped. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm very excited about that. Watched that a couple times. I actually stopped watching the trailer stuff uh, because I get the gist and I don't want to watch too many cool parts of the movie at this point. That's fair. It's coming out so soon anyway. It'll be out in like a little less than a month. Yeah. Oh no, a little less than two months is what I meant. In May. Uh, other stuff, other trailers. Westworld Season 2. I still haven't got around to watching the first season, but it's only Either 10 way. episodes, so I'm sure I'll knock it out relatively soon. Mm-hmm. Um, this is interesting. Fortnite surpassed Minecraft, become the most streamed, watched game on YouTube. There's apparently some professional streamer named Ninja that is, like, a huge deal. He's, like, this breakout, like, YouTuber celebrity. Yeah, well, he got... He, well, that, that's not YouTube. That's Twitch. Oh, I'm sorry, Twitch. Should be pointed out. That's mostly Twitch. I think there's there's some cross pollination yeah. there though, because now that YouTube Live is a more popular thing, you have people that'll either that'll either watch something on Twitch and then like check out a YouTube channel or they will see something on YouTube and that will lead mm-hmm. them to Twitch. Probably more of the other way around of yeah. the YouTube leading them to the core Twitch channel, but still. In this particular case, um, the item in question on um, the stream that you're t- that you're most likely referring to is that Ninja got Drake on his stream. Oh, yeah, that's like a thing now. Yeah. Yes, yeah. the the Canadian... <laughs> I, he, cl- claims, he claims... Rapper, that he's, question mark? He claims <laughs> that he's a rapper, but he really mu- strikes me much more as an R&B man who raps. Yeah. Uh, because most of his song is, is really R&B, just without him singing. Right. It's hard to... I Drake is hard to quantify. He is. He is. Uh, because I think he mislabels himself. <laughs> well, I think when you start with Canadian R&B, you know it's going to be confusing. <laughs> like, that's just already a shaky start. <laughs> but, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's a thing. Yes, um, this is a thing. Let's see what else. Oh, yeah, Lego The Incredibles was announced. Yep. So Coinciding uh, with uh, Incredibles the 2. release for Incredibles 2, which is starting to get an advertising push. Yeah, slowly but surely they're building up the hype machine for that. I'm really not sure how I feel about it. I don't either. It's kind of like... Like, Incredibles is my favorite it's like, Pixar movie. Yeah, it's like, that's awesome in theory, but it's been so long that I'm nervous. Well, okay, it's, it's it. either Incredibles or Wally. I really liked Wally too. 
it's hard to make a movie that's really good and doesn't have any spoken dialogue for the first 40 minutes. And I will, um, I will, uh, I will say I do appreciate that with the original Incredibles being the good Fantastic Four movie that we never got. <laughs> so that's that's a much obliged there because yep. those movies have been uh, dumpster fires for yeah. decades now. Mostly, I'm actually concerned that they're going to be too ham-handed with the with with the sort of the crux and and uh, story of the. The baby movie, thing of the movie, which is no, which is Mister Incredible being a stay stay at home dad. Oh yeah, and how like that, it, it strikes me like it could go either really well or it could go over like a really bad episode of a sitcom. Right, and I'm worried. Yeah, <laughs> I I will say cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I, I mean Pixar has not yet failed. They have me. a good track record overall, so statistically we should be fine, but. There's still, you know. well, except for the Cars movies. Well, yeah, Cars went off the rails, which is... Well, no, they made the Cars movies. That That's that's a very strike against them as far as I'm concerned. Well, I think the first one was pretty okay. <sighs> and that's the best that you can say about it. Which though. is very telling. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, anyhow. even the first one was one of the weaker movies, no doubt. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, yes, what inanimate else? objects. That's a thing. Um, there's the PS4 uh, VR price cut. The basic bundle is now three hundred dollars. They have a Skyrim bundle for another fifty dollars. You get a copy of Skyrim VR and two PlayStation Move controllers. Ooh! So yeah, I might be picking up a PSVR at some point because as soon as I saw that story, I'm like, no, I was going to be excited about this. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of I'm waiting. PSVR kind of sucks. Yeah. Well. As far as v- like. There is a hierarchy of VR. Right. There's PSVR, there's Oculus, and there's Vive in terms of how good their development software tends to be. And then way over mm-hmm. on the left, there's Gear VR, which is really good for what it is, which is the VR headsets that and interact with the way over phone. on the left, what do you mean? Um, well, way over, not in its own, not not in this continuum. Okay, because you don't play ga- Yeah, you don't really play games on Oculus VR. It's more or on Gear VR. It's more sort of like watch movies and yeah. tune out the real world. More like a playing. media hub or yeah. experience as opposed to an actual gaming platform. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. it's powered by your phone. Right, right. But PSVR is definitely one of those things where yeah. it's the it has the lowest barrier for entry. It's a lateral thing. It's not really. But it's also with the others. Yeah, yeah. But it's also apparently kind of the crappiest in terms of interface and everything along those lines. I still might pick it up if it comes cheap enough, or yeah, I get it on sale or something. Along yeah, those I mean VR is kind of like I, I approach VR the way I do with like um, 4K, where it's like I don't really have anything that utilizes it currently. Like, none of the games are 4K that I have, and, like... Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, you know, eventually I will get one whenever it's time for me to get a TV again. Yeah. Like, or if there's a super stupid good deal, I want I want to pounce up. But otherwise, I'm just kind of waiting to see how it shakes out and for there to be more utility. That would be, yeah. The analogy I would use is it's, like, getting a, a fancy HD TV before there were enough channels that were actually broadcasting HD. It's, like, yeah, yeah. you can brag about it, but what's the point? Yeah, I bought a PS4 Pro not because... Oh hey, I can do 4K and VR easily and HDR and all that shit, but mostly because. But I have it last, right? I mean, what? To have it last, because you know, the yeah. console cycle yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. will. It will last longer than a regular PS4. Yeah. And and will still objectively render and run games that were only pseudo optimized for PS4 better. Right. Uh, so it's like. Woo. Um, what else? Um, other release date stuff. 
uh, Terra, the MMO, uh, Korean action-y MMO that's been around for years. It's actually really fun. Yeah, it is fun. I want to say it was 2012-ish when it was released in North mm -hmm. America. I did see... Uh, it's, it's coming getting, out in consoles. It's getting console releases. The there's, there was a There's a thing on it, like PSN advertises, like, huh, Terra's on console. That might work. Technically, you can do it now if you pick up a Founders Pack. I'm not sure how much that costs, but... Yeah, I ain't doing that shit. Nobody really cares. <laughs> I mean, I liked Terra. It was a beautiful game. Yeah. But it was also an MMO, and... I... I, I you kill ten Snowmoose gets old after a while. Right. Yeah, the, the gameplay is really solid. The combat is super fun. The graphics and art are gorgeous. Yeah, the, a lot of good things to say about it. The active combat is great. But the big but in the room here is... Once you play it for a while, like, it gets played out relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, okay, I get the gist here, and I don't want to do this ad nauseum forever. Yep. Um, so, yeah. I mean, if you have people to play with, like most MMOs, it's a lot more fun. But once, you don't, once you're not consistently playing with people, it becomes monotonous and pointless. So yep. I, I played the game for a few months, and I'm just like, all right, I've pretty much seen everything here. I get the gist. I don't need to grind forever. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the release date I'm most excited about... Uh, Battletech for PC comes out April the 24th. So they win their lawsuit? Uh, I guess. I don't. I haven't been following that. Either that or there's no injunction against them right now. Uh, so there is a big lawsuit going on between the Battletech and the guys who make Mech Warrior. Mm. Um, or Battletech and... Battletech is Hairbrained Schemes. Yeah, well, it's Hairbrained Schemes and some other company where they argue that their mech game is... Not significantly enough different from our met from our copyrighted met game. They're infringing on our copyright. Wait, who's suing who? Uh, second, do the internet. Because this is the original. Like the creators of BattleTech are involved in the game. Like uh, Jordan Heisman. Heisman. I can't remember his name, but like, like Harmony Gold is suing Hairbrain Schemes. Oh, okay. Harmony Gold. Um, They're the Mech Warrior people that got that bought up the the Mech Warrior rights after the original, I've, the company went belly up or something. Yeah, well, no. Harmony Gold owns the copyright to Robotech. Oh, the Ro anime. oh that's Robotech. My bad. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I get all my. It's been this kind of shit's been going on for decades, and I get all my giant robot people mixed up. So yeah, well, it's not exactly hard to do. <laughs> the only reason I'm even cursorily aware of this is because I'm subscribed to Leonard French on YouTube. Who is a he's a copyright attorney. Oh, well there you go. Um so his whole thing is he reads and interprets legal court documents uh concerning um well in this particular case uh a lot of a lot of geeky things like he's been covering the Harmony Gold versus uh Hairbrain Schemes thing. He represented uh he represented a business um oh oops, good thing it's a Chromebook. Um <laughs> Uh, he represented, uh, represented, represented, yes, he represented... You used the words good. High word good for a living sometimes, but, um, I can't remember the name of the company now, but, uh, do you remember the whole brouhaha, uh, you may, you may have not even been aware of it, on, uh, YouTube with a, with a chick named Alex Maurer? No. A few months of, well, she claimed that this one company owned... Like owed her a lot of money, so she made copyright strikes against every YouTuber in existence who had put any uh, video of a game that they had put out um, online. It was a big, it was a massive abuse of the of 
YouTube's copyright system. Oh, that's nothing new. Um, and he won because she had literally no legal leg to stand on, like at all. Like her, the, her case got dismissed. Gotcha. Uh, with <laughs> with summary judgment. Here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for Sorry. those who aren't aware, just know the franchise uh, BattleTech. Um, it's uh, it's it's in the vein of uh, it's the same company, Hairbrain Schemes, that did the Shadowrun Returns, uh, Shadowrun series of games. They're they're big into the uh, tactical turn-based two D isometric type stuff. Yep. And this is uh, this was a really successful Kickstarter, and it's the the old school people who actually developed like the original like tabletop and video games of BattleTech before they called, started branching off to the MechWarrior thing and having that whole. You know, um, brand there. MechWarrior uh, Three: Mercenaries for Life was one of my favorite games when I was a kid. MechWarrior Two for Super Nintendo was my first exposure to that. <laughs> but yeah, we, had, a, we had a, that's yeah, a great flight game. stick. <laughs> definitely a great game. Mercenary is amazing. Well, that's actually the premise for this: is that you uh, you're like a lance commander in a mercenary company. Sweet. So you get to like it's kind of like it's got elements of XCOM type stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, no, I've I've seen yeah, the... you manage your like company and all that. Your your clan or league or company or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. Um, your outfit, I guess, is what they call it. So there's going to be like a full-on story campaign, single player. You can there's multiplayer with and against people, and AI can be involved. And there are a lot of stretch goals and stuff that they hit because it was so successful. So it's like so it probably great so it probably fall flat flat on its face because well it's releasing so that's a good start. Yeah, we're looking at you, uh, Robert Space Industries. <laughs> Not familiar with this one. Oh, uh, Star Citizen. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and right now I'm also looking at you, um, Piro from Mega Tokyo, and your visual novel that I backed on Kickstarter three years ago. Yeah, Kickstarter. Yep, yeah, it's a thing. I'm really not going to kickstart any more <laughs> video games like ever again. Um, I'm taking the total biscuit. My 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 policy tends to be, oh hey, this is a game that looks like it'll come out and be at least pretty good. Uh, can I support it for the cost of the game or less? Okay, I will do so. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like that's the extent of my involvement. That's fair. And I've only done it. I, I think I, I kickstarted Amplitude for the new Amplitude for PS3 slash four, and that's about it. I can't think of anything else I've really. And I really shouldn't shouldn't complain entirely. Battle Chef Brigade came out and was really fucking good. There you go. Uh, so there've been yeah you know it's a it's a it's a mixed bag anyway. That's that's the mighty number nine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all we got for Week in Geek. Okay. That's all I got. Well. On to the main event. That was a nice little digression. Spoiler of the week. Spoiler of the week, um, since we're talking StarCraft, uh, spoiler of the week is obviously, um, well, Mike liked, uh, try Kerrigan. Do, try do the honors. Kerrigan is, is the creature inside the, the chrysalis. Yes. I'm thinking more, uh, Samir Doran is working for someone. Oh, Yes. Because that's even a little more cryptic, because it looks like he's working for Kerrigan. And My name is Duran. Duran! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the Duran Duran shout-out. Which, uh, StarCraft uh, carries on the proud tradition of Blizzard RTSs, where you, you keep clicking on the unit to annoy them, and they'll eventually say eventually jokes they, or things. Yeah, they, they do something. My favorite one was in uh, Warcraft 3, the Exploding Sheep. Oh, yeah. Actually, so that was click Warcraft, on a sheep like that 50 goes back times. to Warcraft too. Actually, I was not aware of that, but yeah. I, I know if you click on a sheep like fifty times, it explodes. Yeah, it just keeps making the bah bah sound until it eventually explodes. Yep. 
So yeah, that's a thing. But uh, yeah, okay, so... It is officially, as we record, the 20th anniversary of the original StarCraft. That is so very 1998, cool. March 31st, many moons ago. Mm-hmm. So I remember, just to is, uh, give a bit of a uh, comparison here to the, the modern era of StarCraft and the when it was new, it was back when games came in big-ass boxes with a CD-ROM and a hard case. <laughs> with a big instruction manual. My friend Jeremy still has the big All very boxes. old school. <laughs> it's one of the... My friend Jeremy has a number of big-ass boxes for when games still came in big-ass boxes, including a big-ass box for Beyond Good and Evil. Oh, nice. Which is fun because... Quick digression. Beyond Good and Evil was once given away in bags of string cheese. <laughs> yes, I'm aware. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> yep. Oh, since we're at my house also, what's Neil drinking this week? Um... Root beer from Maine Root. It's good stuff. I got it at Aldi for like $3 a four-pack, which I'm not complaining. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what else? When it, oh, another notable thing about that was it had one of those like um, different box art situations where some of them would have the Zerg head on it, and some of them would have the profile of the Terran, and some of them would have the profile of the Protoss. Mm-hmm. Mine, I remember, was the Protoss. The mysterious, pale-skinned, glowy-eyed one. Mm-hmm. Then you had the Hydralisk for the Zerg. And then for the Terran, it was just some generic dude with goggles giving you a mean look, like a rat face. I bought the battle chest um, in the early aughts. Um, and uh, and it had all three on it. It had the Protoss in the center, yeah, uh, because it was obviously the coolest. Right. And it had the uh, Hydralisk, and it had... I think they changed for it to a Space Marine helmet at yeah. that point, but yeah. So yeah, the battle chest that had the game, the expansion, and the strategy gu- little mini strategy guide thing for both, which right? was completely worthless. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the strategy guide that is basically this is by the way another good example of um, dating the original StarCraft is strategy guides were still a thing. Yeah, because <laughs> fa- because facts weren't really a thing yet. Yeah, there weren't game facts and YouTube videos and all these other things that <coughs> utilize these days, as opposed to paying $20 plus for some big-ass book of the official or the unofficial guide to X. I remember, um, I remember the, how, how mind-blowing it was to us to be able to go on the internet, to, to go on dial-up internet oh, yeah. and find... The listed locations on some obscure website of all of the gold gold was uh, in uh, in Mar- in uh, Zelda sixty four. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you still never actually found them all. And that's not that's another good point. A good segue is uh, StarCraft two came out. Um, that was before high speed internet was really a thing. That yep. was that was the days of dial up. And yet you still had online play. And it was actually surprisingly good for its time. I don't remember having a lot of lag issues, honestly. It was. They had good netcode and things were and things were simple enough. Yeah. Another game that I played. The I never played that on on. Uh, but I did play RTS as I played uh, CNC Gold. On uh, yes, Command and Conquer. We need. Which we, really we should need really to talk about that at some point too. Because I love that franchise. That should go on the list. I'm gonna put that on the list real quick. Yeah. Might as well. And that was another game that had the you know the, the that infancy of multiplayer dial up stuff yep. going on. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. Battle.net. Battle.net. Still kind of a thing. Although, well, they, they changed their name back to Battle.net because... Yeah. It's, like, it's like Diddy or whatever the fuck he's calling himself this day, you know? Oh, Love Daddy, yeah. P. Diddy, Diddy, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's one of those deals. 
Uh, where are you? Only, you know, entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they, yeah, they tried changing it to, like, I can't remember what it was, but it's like... Changed it to something else, and then they changed it back because... Oh, there was, there they, was, they wanted to just, like, have mm-hmm. it be Blizzard or Blizzard app or Blizzard Net or something. Yeah. They wanted to just, like, do the Blizzard branding, but, like, it didn't really work. It got... People were confused, and they liked the Battle.net name, and, yeah. It was a thing. Yep. But, yeah, also, land, a lot of good land play. See, yeah. the, this is another... And this is a general uh, thing about Blizzard games, is they make them very flexible as far as, like, what range of systems can run them slash yeah. run them well. And so pretty much anyone who had a functional computer could bring it over and you could land StarCraft. Yep. And StarCraft was a good mainstay for years. And it was well, it was another game that, uh, that at that time had this really crazy unique idea, which is allowing people to play the game sells the game. Right. Um, it was yeah. like, it was like uh, Quake and other games, which you only had to have the game installed on one computer. Exactly. And then they could host the game, and you could dial into it without having the game disc and everything else. Right, and that's that's a very good point. Is again <laughs> that sells the game. People were people were squeamish and not wanting to do that for the most part. Blizzard kind of broke the mold. They were like, Quake oh, did it first. I'm oh, sorry. Well, Quake okay. did it very first. Okay, so uh, they they broke the mold that was softened up by yes. ID software. But anyway, yeah. point being. Instead of going, well, we don't trust people to buy a quality product, let's gate this so that we don't have freeloaders. They just said, hey, come on in, play with your friends, and then when you see what a ridiculously fun game it is, you'll go through withdrawal if you can't play it on demand, therefore you'll buy it. Exactly. And they were 100% correct. Yep. Great game, great multiplayer. Um, it's interesting just how... Yeah, Quake came out two years earlier. Yeah, there so you go. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting how much, how how many iterations and balances and tweaks and patches there have been. Because again, twenty years. Uh, now and it's still big in South Korea. It's still a thing, and it's yeah. still getting regular balance balance tweaks to uh, to uh, help keep the meta yeah. healthy. Which is interesting because another thing that happened fairly recently is StarCraft Remastered came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the exact date of that. I want to say it was within the last six year. months. Well, last year, so. at the very least. Yeah, definitely within the last year. I can't remember exactly when either. Um, it was either yeah late seventeen or early eighteen. But that's that's interesting. Is that um, they were able to uh, because the the game still has a community and updates and stuff. When they did that, they were able to seamlessly like have the experience be the same instead of having to like have it be inconsistent. There's like okay, it's basically. You know, it's like the same, like, numbers and all that stuff. August just, 2017. There you go. And it was six months-ish. Yeah. some point in the summer. Yeah, um, the so thing yeah. is, they had to make... They had to do one very big thing, which is... They couldn't actually change... They couldn't do... They couldn't change the couple things that they changed in StarCraft Two, Like, the infinitely large selectable army. Right. Um, because if you did that in... Star, in regular StarCraft, it would completely break the meta. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that stuff works, you know. It's like, no, you, you have to keep it limited to to armies no larger than, like, 12 or 16. I can't remember 12, 12 or 16. 12, 12 units, yeah. Um, otherwise, uh, because that's the only way you can keep things manageable, because otherwise these people who can do three or 400 operations per minute... Yeah, the royal... Which is, APMs of Royal Macro people. Yeah, the people who can, who 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 
so, who by the twelfth minute have like six hundred marines, can send all six hundred marines and like and uh, potentially cause the game to crash because it can't because the engine can't handle that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is funny. It's like Zap Brannigan in the kill counters where he just runs the numbers down to mm-hmm. win the war, you know. Yeah. It's like, too many Marines, everything goes bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, they called, uh, I forgot, there was a term for that. It was like, uh, I don't know, there would be like balls of infantry. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's always, there's little terms. There's all sorts of terminology, well. yeah. Yeah, it's 20 years worth, so I can't remember it all, but... Yeah, that was that was one of the you know one of the strategies was just massing infantry really quick, and of course the iconic Zerg rush. Zerg rush. Key, 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 key. Although, which is the ironically um, enough, according to the meta, the best rush army is Protoss. Oh yeah, the zealots. Um, zealots are the best uh, cheap infantry. Yeah, they're so they're so uh, they're so cheap for how strong and durable they are. Yeah, because they've got the shields in addition to the armor. Yeah, the only thing about the only reason that zerklings kind of work is because you can get a lot of them quick. Yeah, you get two in each egg. Yeah, so it's but, like twenty five. But if you're playing equally skilled people, yeah, uh, the the order in which uh, people have their races have their biggest power spike is Protoss, Terran, Zerg. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember a funny thing is uh, on. I mean, if a player at least last time I checked, if the player is decent at all, they're not going to fall for it. But uh, something I f- found very hilarious um, was on a small map. If you're Zerg and they're Zerg, you put a drone over, you build a creep colony on their base, and kill them. <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, there's this map that's super tiny. It's just a tiny little, like, hub in the middle that's, yeah. like, maybe got room for a few dozen units. And then, like, a little p- spot for a base on each corner. It's like an X pattern. Uh, and uh, for obvious reasons, it's called Bloodbath because there's no space. It's just the bases almost on top of each other. So if another player was Zerg and I was Zerg on that, I would do that. I would just send over a drone immediately, build a creep colony, make it a sunken colony, boom, I win the game. I remember playing against <laughs> my brother Ethan on uh, the Big Game Hunters map. Oh yeah, old BGH. That was a staple. Back yeah. In the day. Well, because you never ran out of uh, out of uh, what you call it, out of minerals, minerals or Vespine, Vespine gas. gas yeah. um, and we I require more Vespine gas. Yes, and I I played I played the game entirely wrong, but I would I I I have this tendency when I play RTS games to turtle. Oh yeah, that's not a good thing. No, it's it's not a good thing. The thing was. Uh, Ethan gave me enough time that my turtling was impenetrable. Because mm. I had a single point of entry into my base uh, by land, which ha- which was being covered by 12 siege tanks in siege mode. And the entire air approach to my, to my area was literally a wall of missile turrets. Yeah. I was given too much time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, um, Zerg Guardians had a range that was outside the missile turret. They could, at the right angle, they could just blow them away. Yeah, but he was also playing Terran. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> Fair enough. Yamato Cannons, man. Yamato Cannons. Yeah, uh, Yamato Cannons would have done it. Get a whole group of battle cruisers and have them all fire at once mm-hmm. on different turrets. That was actually the reason I liked Total Annihilation the most of the, uh, of the various... Uh, of the various RTS games that I've played. Yeah. Because turtling was a viable strategy in Total A. 
Yeah. I never played that, but I'm vaguely familiar with it. Should give you my copy sometime. I got it on GOG. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I uh, it's been a while since I played original Starcraft. I don't remember too much about my go-to strategies, uh, but Zerg was my race. That was my favorite race to play. Um, I just I thought they were the most fun, and I I kind of liked the um, like horde strategy where you just overwhelm them with numbers. Yeah, and I like the whole creep thing too. It was nice to deny people access to areas by just being near it. You know, yeah, the creeps are an interesting mechanic. I always liked the Protoss because I liked Protoss carriers. Carriers are amazing. Carriers are a lot of fun. Yeah, not so not so much fun when you're Zerg, but Scourges could take them out pretty well, so that was nice. Yeah, the trick was to hide them in the blobs of units so that you couldn't target them easily, and then before <laughs> you know it, all these Scourges pop out of nowhere like a jack in the box and blow up the carriers. Yep. Uh, my, one of my favorite things in playing through the campaign was uh, when playing as Protoss was as soon as they unlocked enough of the tech tree to let you build it. Yeah. Um, building up like eight carriers and having them just slowly float into a base. Yeah. Attack moving in so they attack everything. Right. And just watching the little things come out and just. just a massive mess of... For people who aren't aware, basically what it looks like is uh, like a big-ass uh, space battle scene in Star Wars. Just like tiny little fighters flying everywhere. Yep. They're called interceptors, actually. Yeah, and they yeah. shoot... They shoot little 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 shoot little shooty shoots. Yeah, they're like little phaser bomb things. Like but each carrier shoots. carries eight of them when you upgrade it, which of yeah, course Yeah, it's like four do. and then you upgrade to eight. Yeah. Um, yeah. So eight carriers releases sixteen interceptors with, um, you know, eight carriers releases sixty four interceptors, which is like, okay, just, so so, <laughs> I I hope you enjoyed your computer's performance because it doesn't have that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the closest you get to a uh, like a Zerg horde situation. It's all those little interceptors flying around. Yep, and since they could attack both air and ground, they were pretty pretty solidly good. And that's an interesting little side note is. Um, Although the game was more uh, sophisticated, technically there are only two avenues of war instead of three when you compare Warcraft 2 to Starcraft, because Warcraft 2 is land, sea, and air, and Starcraft 2 is just land and space. Yeah, but... Uh, but air wasn't really much of a thing. It was really just like a novelty, like a vanity unit. It was like, hey, if, you're, if you've got more gold than you know what to do with, like, have well, some dragons, dragon. have yeah. some griffins. But it wasn't much of a viable strategy. It was just a thing to put on the box bullet point for the most yes, part. Yes, Lord. So, yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know, that's, Zerg, I guess Zerg, I don't know. Zerg are kind of underwhelming when it comes to the Air Force for the most part, I think. Yeah. Mutalists could be pretty good though if they had cheap units because you could bounce them. Bounce yeah, those the things. bounce the the mutalist shot bouncing was cool. Yeah, it could also devastate certain bases that aren't spaced out well. Yeah, but yeah overall it, their air force sucks. It would play merry hell with any base I built because I was bad at building bases. And the guardians were good for the range with support, but that was the thing about Zerg is you had to be super careful with supporting your air force. Yeah. You'd get away with a lot more crap as either a Terran or a Protoss player because Terrans have the cloaking stuff and. Uh, well, so do the Protoss with the Arbiters units nearby. Now, Terrans, I think, were honestly the most newbie-friendly, once, especially once Brood War came out and you had medics. Right. Because, here, have ten Marines and two medics. Which research, is why skin, research stim packs. Which is why I just spawned Broodling on the medics. Yeah. 
That's uh, true. You've heard of force multiplier. That's a force divider. Yep. Which is like, nope. Your your entire group is uh, is cut off. That's why you need two medics at least. Well, yeah, yeah. You always have two medics for each group. Basically, that's the rule of thumb. There's a fun little f fluff in the instruction manual for Brood War, and it had like uh, it had a blurb and a picture and stuff for all the new units they're out in the game. And on the medic, it talked about how like. The average life expectancy for the Terran Marine is 12 seconds. With the implementation of the medics, we have managed to increase it to 16 seconds. <laughs> Something to that effect. It was in the teens, I remember. Uh, it was pretty funny. So, should we not potentially talk about the story of the game? Yeah, because... I was going to say, since we're talking about the different races, it's a good segue to yeah. talk about the campaigns, because there are were, there were campaigns for each race, and that was how the story tied together. Well, I'm just curious. Back to the internet. Because... Um... When did... Hey, ask the question. I might know it. You know when Command and Conquer came out? 1995. Okay, well... Um, I want to say summer of 95, yeah. if memory serves. Because, well, uh, it, uh, StarCraft was at the very least the first... Um, the, the first... <sighs> Fuck, I cannot word today. Popular Space RTS? No, uh, Blizzard RTS... That really had a very recognizable storyline. Oh, Warcraft yeah, and Warcraft Two. Yeah, okay, they. It was like humans and orcs don't like each, like each other. Kill things. Yeah, at I, least for the first one. The second one had more story. Second one technically had a story, but it was pretty loose. But it, and and it was also all text. Um, right. Yeah. No cinematics. That was a yeah. big change. That was a big. That was the big thing. Yeah. And probably because CNC came out in twenty five and had you know full motion video. Right. Um, <laughs> but that's a cheese fest. Well, see, that's I loved the acting in those. Oh, it's fun in the in the same way that MST three K is fun. <laughs> um, that is what I. That's another thing I appreciate about StarCraft though is that uh, they did cinematics, but they didn't just like glom onto the like full motion video trend. They did their own thing. They did yeah. computer animation that was for its time very impressive. Yeah, and pretty darn good voice acting. Yeah, yeah, um, and some genuinely funny moments like the "I love you, Sarge." <laughs> you remember that one? That no. Well, there's this quick little cinematic where the uh, for the t during the Terran campaign, and there's uh, there are a couple of Marines, and one uh -huh. of them's apparently Sarge, and uh, they come across a Zergling. Oh, they run over it with their car with like a with like a Humvee type thing, and he's like, I think it's a Zergling, Lester. And anyway, they're these like you know stereotypical uh, like hick confederate marine types yeah and uh and then they they realize that there's like a whole horde and it's like obviously going to overwhelm them yeah like, you know and there's this little moment and the little uber redneck turns to sarge is like i love you sarge <laughs> yeah no i didn't remember <laughs> that he just all. gives this like exasperated look like oh this is so undignified like such an undignified way to die <laughs> yeah <laughs> But yeah, there's there's some interesting cinematics, mm. and in cinematic in the literal sense of the term, like they actually like storyboarded it and like organized it well. Like it felt like you were watching part of a movie. Mm -hmm. Like there was this one that was very like aliens esque, where these Terrans went across this abandoned spaceship, and it turns out that it, or no, it was a science facility, and it and it turned out Brood War. No, 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 that was the original Starcraft. I'm okay. talking about the one where the mutalists come in and haul off the the Terrans. It's okay. very aliens esque. Yeah, you know, like looking at shadows yeah. and stuff. It was like a mini. It was like a vignette, for, uh, vignette for a, like a horror movie. A vignette, Sigil. <laughs> <laughs> vignette. Yes, that's what I meant to say. But anyway, well, I'm, I'm not one to throw stones in this glass house today. Anyway, yeah. so. 
word good. Yeah. So yeah, the cinematics were good. Matter of fact, it was such an uh, such an accomplishment that that led in large part to the uh, to the DVD they came out with, where they collected all of the various cool Blizzard cinematics and like StarCraft and Diablo two and such. Mm-hmm. Made it a, a little bonus pack in or a separate thing you could buy. Yeah. And another cool thing too is that they had because um, not all games do this. Um, they had a menu where you could just watch the individual cinematics on demand. You didn't have to like do a cheesy like save file right before the missions to see the cinematic. You could just cut the foreplay and click on the thing and watch it whenever you wanted. Yep. It was nice. So yeah, Taryn, what was your what was your favorite campaign of the three in the original StarCraft? Of uh, the original StarCraft, um, probably the the Protoss one actually. Yeah. Where you. Hey, no, no. Yeah, well, no, yeah. When you leave, when you leave, um, you have to end up end up having to leave Iyer. Yeah. Um, and because that's how the uh, expansion kicks off. Yeah, it also kicks off Iyer. with you leaving Iyer again, which is why. I, yeah. Wait, am I thinking of the right one? Uh, well, it's like it's. Well, like it doesn't sh- help that Zeratul shows up in both of them too. Yeah. Well, it's like <laughs> a, it's like a show where like they start with like the last like minute or half minute of stuff so that people don't forget. You know, yeah. Previously on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah, where you have, we end up having to, to evacuate Iyer, and, uh, and yeah, it's just, I don't know, I liked, uh, I, I liked uh, Tassadar. Tassadar is cool. And Phoenix was cool. Phoenix was so cool that he got to come back yeah. to life. Yep. Uh, and then get killed again. Yeah. That was bullshit. Who, by the way, all those Heroes of the Storm players... Phoenix is the new unit. Yay! Also, he's and a dragoon form. Also, he's a co-op commander uh, for StarCraft Two now. Yeah. Um, I still haven't played uh, Legacy of the Void yet. I never got around to that. I know, I haven't played it either. Next actually. time it goes on sale, I'm going to pick it up and. I I it. own it, uh, but I got I got bogged down in Heart of the Swarm because you like Zerg. I do. More power to you. I hate playing Zerg. That's, I, the, that's the flaw of the structure of StarCraft 2 is if you really don't care for a race, well, you got a whole game of that race. I know! <laughs> it's like, and Heart of the Swarm has just been... It, it, I tried playing Heart of the Swarm a, a, a fair bit, and it's just like banging my head against a wall. Yeah. I don't like their units. Um, and I, uh, I I prefer Zerg, but I like the other races just fine. My, my big, I don't really have one that I don't like playing. My big thing is I don't like having... No, I, I don't like I don't like not having cheap ranged units. Hydralisks Hydras. are not. The problem is Zerg isn't designed for you to make a giant army of Hydras. Yeah, I you don't like that. Mix of units. Yeah. yeah. I, I am I'm I'm not good at RT. I, I I don't RTS good. Yeah, I'm not that great at RTSs either. Um, I could never. I don't play multiplayer because. I would just get laughed at. Mm. Look at this guy. He's sending yeah. a bunch of tanks or a bunch of, like... Because I, I just... I don't... If, if I ever play competitive art, uh, like... And when I say competitive, I just mean in the literal sense of not co-op mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in not in the, like, competitive, like, I'm actually good at the game sense. Uh, I only play against friends because then I'm not stressed out about it. Yeah. Like, I have legit anxiety about my performance in multiplayer <laughs> RTS games. And uh, that probably stems from yeah. getting my ass completely kicked in Warcraft Three when that was new. I was just like, "Well, this isn't fun." That I'm goes back creamed yeah. constantly. <laughs> that goes back to why I like Total Annihilation, 
the style that I like to play is a viable style in Total Annihilation, which means you can you can sit in your one little base, as long as it's generating enough resources, make it almost entirely impenetrable, and then build up a lot of nuclear weapons and just nuke the shit out of your opponent. So would you say that Protoss is your favorite race overall as well? Um, I don't know. It's really kind of a toss-up between toss Protoss up. and, and Tr- Terran. I like both of them a lot. It is cool that Terran can take most of the buildings and just float them up and move them over. That's yeah, a nice that touch. is cool. Supply Depot, I think, is the only thing you couldn't do that. Well, that yeah. and the add-ons to your buildings. Mm-hmm. And I liked how in uh, in StarCraft Two, Supply Depots could submerge, yeah. so they wouldn't like get in they your way. They wouldn't get in your way, yeah. Or you could build them as a wall. <laughs> yeah. Because I like building walls. It's and... like a drawbridge. Like, you can wall <laughs> in place, and then when you want your units to cross, you just submerge them. Yep. Yeah, it's, that's another kind of tweak on where they looked at something that was a game mechanic, and they're like, let's let's try something different here, you know? Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, this is part of the meta, so let's see what we can do to work with that. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I... So... Um... Story. We were talking about the story. Um, yeah, so it's, I remember it kicks off, and you start, and... Uh, you start as a Terrans, and... Rainer is the first, I think character you play as in Vulture mode. Uh, There's some missions where you play him in regular Marine mode, but he's usually Vulture. Yep. Which is the cool motorcycle space bike thing that shoots frag grenades. Mm-hmm. And, and lays spider lay, mines. And lays mines. Good old spider mines. The only problem with spider mines is that once you use them, you're out. Yeah. I liked how you got them back in uh, in in StarCraft 2. But if you look at it this way, um, you know, each vulture is only 75 minerals, and you get three mines, so that's like 25 minerals for a mine. So if you want to get a bunch of mines, well, it's just minerals, so you can just make some extra vultures, kill them off, get your, your <laughs> slots back. Yeah. Sacrificial vultures for as many mines as you want, assuming you have enough minerals to spare. Yeah. But yeah, that was the thing. Uh, so yeah, it, well, it's basically the basic, origi- like the, the main... Uh, original arc, the initial arc is just the whole like, hey, we have a corrupt confederacy of you know, um, of the Terran. This like this government that's sleazy and we want to rebel against it and have freedom because freedom. And uh, and it turns out that um, the Sons of Korhal organization uh, is led by a total dick who's going to basically become the thing that you hate or Arcturus even Banks worse. Is a total asshole. Yeah. Uh. And that's the, that brings us to the whole Kerrigan situation where she gets left behind, gets abandoned, and therefore becomes Queen of the Blades. Yeah. Queen of Blades, who then, of course, again, this is, this is a theme throughout StarCraft, by the way. Uh, the, probably the most common theme is person is under influence or power or authority under other person or entity. Said person uh, revolts and takes it over. Yep. Because Kerrigan was just like this, like, prized champion of the Zerg Overmind, which, by the way, is, like, totally straight out of, um... Uh, Starship Troopers. Star- yes, thank you, that's what I was trying to say. Starship Troopers. Yep. The whole brain thing. Yeah, um, it was definitely... Well, Terran and Zerg were both definitely... Were definitely... Heavily inspired. Inspired by Starship Troopers. Also, War, uh, Warhammer 40k Space Marines, yeah. that kind of thing. Space Marines and Tyranids, although Tyranids were a much later expansion in 40k. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the Overmind was just like a thing. It wasn't really a character per se, so it was a, so it wasn't interesting. So it was the natural progression to have someone who actually had like a whole three dimensional character and arc and personality become an antagonist instead of just some weird, gross blob thing. It was like a giant pizza the hut or something. Yeah. 
And that was, that's actually how the uh, story culminated, was Tassadar doing a suicide run thing in that carrier to take out the, the uh, Overmind. Yep. <clears throat> but yeah, the, the Terran arc was mainly about overthrowing the Confederacy and mm-hmm. friends becoming enemies and enemies becoming friends and all that nonsense. Yep. And uh, it was a good, you know, starting point for people that were complete noobs because you had Terran, which is the most noob-friendly race, the most straightforward, yep. you know, the more, the least asymmetrical. Here, make some Marines. They shoot things. Yeah. Make some ships. They pew-pew. Make yeah. some tanks. They go boom. Yeah. All pretty intuitive. <clears throat> they didn't have as, like... Because the Zerg had... Here, like, you can build wherever the fuck you want. Yeah. The Zerg had the creep and, like, multiple units out of eggs and, like... The Protoss had shields, and you had to build within pylon space, and yep. so it was inherently more complicated than the Terran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, oh well. Um, but yeah, the Terran, I mean, I think like, it was, I guess what, the order that, that they came out was... Terran, Zerg, Protoss. Terran, Zerg, Protoss. Now, you could technically play them in any order you wanted, but you wouldn't get the story in order that way. If you tried to play yeah. one, it would be like, we heavily recommend you play these other campaigns first. But if you want to, go nuts. That was why I haven't played, uh, what of the vo- what, what's your call it of the Void yet? A Legacy of the Void? Yeah. Yeah. Because I haven't beaten Heart of the Swarm, and I got them all for like 20 bucks when they were on sale last, so. Yeah. <laughs> so if you just want to do the story, just put on easy mode and cruise through it. I've considered activating cheats, even. Yeah. Because... Whatever. It's fun. Godmo cheats are sometimes fun, and it's not as though I'm Can't ruining be. anyone else's experience in a one-player game. Exactly. We should talk about cheating in video games at some point. Yeah, cheat codes and cheating and griefing and all sorts of stuff. That could be an interesting episode. Yeah. I'll put it on the list. If we're feeling nostalgic, we can talk about game genies and game sharks and whatnot. <laughs> ah, game genie. But I digress. Yes, we do. So, yeah, the campaigns. Uh, I mean, the Terran one was, was okay, uh, I, I think that the other campaigns are more interesting. I really liked the, the Brood War uh, Terran Oh, campaign. yeah. Yeah, that was really... That was... Yeah. That, well, we'll get to Brood War. Yeah. But as far as the vanilla campaigns, I would probably... I don't know. I'm a little biased because I enjoy Zerg more. Yeah. But as far as the story goes, um, Protoss is probably the most interesting. Because you have, like... You you get to like well part of it is like you you reveal the curtain like like you or you push the curtain back and reveal like what Protoss actually are because that was one of the original conceits of Starcraft was like mysterious alien race blows up a Terran like you know ship or something and they they don't know who or what the Protoss are they think purges an entire uh, uh, <coughs> it was an entire planet wasn't yeah, it because it was like, infested by Zerg yeah burns an entire planet to, to <coughs> yeah to, the glass of planet cinders and it's so you know it's obviously understandable if your first interaction with a alien race is that they nuke a planet <laughs> you're probably not going to think very highly of them. Yep. But that's actually one of the other major themes of uh, StarCraft was, uh, you know, strange alliances and We've different races the enemy and factions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, the Protoss and the Terran having to, or at least certain factions of Terrans, having to team up to, you know, stop the mutual threat of the Zerg. Uh, but yeah, that was, that's another uh, theme is um, mankind or dicks. Because... Yep. They, I'm yeah. making all sorts of noise. I was trying to overshoot that. You could chair. just, you know, not throw things. Yeah, it's also a viable strategy. Where's the fun in that? <clears throat> you need to get it out of my hands. So and setting it down would have been too easy. Yeah, there. I mean, there's not too much specifics uh, that I feel like we need to cover in the original campaigns. We can just go right into Brood War. Um, yeah, 
because the, <clears throat> the Terran thing, you had the whole United Earth Directorate going on. Yep. So, and yeah. And then here comes the UAE coming to try and put down the... You mean the UED? Yeah. The UAE would be United Arab Emirates. <laughs> UED. Well, I gotta come up with something to make me sound racist this episode. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, yeah, they were... Well, that initial cinematic was pretty iconic. Yeah. Again, the overwhelming horde of Zerg. And it was very Aliens, where they had, like, the counter on the ammo ticking down and all that, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's another uh, inspiration, no doubt, is, you know, Aliens, yeah, yeah. with the whole Terran Zerg thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the UED, like, it's funny because I, it's been a while, so I could be wrong on this, but my recollection is that initially they don't seem like bad guys per se. There's like, hey, look, like, we're here to help save mankind, and we're doing our thing, we're exercising our just authority, and then it's like, slowly, well, maybe not slowly, but steadily, it's, they just turn out to be just like any other, like, um, fascist or, like, you know, oppressive group or government where it's just like, oh yeah, so we're just swinging our dick around and you better do what we say or else. And it's just like, they might as well be the Confederacy at that point. And then Rainer steals the Yamato. Yeah, that was fun. Or not the Yamato. Was it the Yamato? Well, that's the name. No, the Hyperion. The Hyperion, yeah. (laughs) Steals the Hyperion and... yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting odd couple. Him and uh, General Duke, who is a general of the Confederacy, before he was convinced to you know not get himself killed and yeah. kind of reluctantly defect. I don't know what you'd call that really. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of strange bedfellows in Starcraft. There are some interesting missions in that. Um, another big thing about the UED is that they were. It was the whole classic hubris thing where it's like, look, I know that people have tried to control the Zerg before, but we're gonna do it right this time, you guys. <laughs> And it's like, really? Really? Yeah, and spoiler alert, they don't learn yeah, their spoiler lesson alert. It goes horribly in wrong. StarCraft two either. Yeah. Yeah, that's history repeats itself as another one of those hum, uh, themes, human themes and allegories. It's, it's like, hey, we rescued Kerrigan, she's not fully infested anymore. Let's have her control a swarm of Zerg. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that also was... let's have our Turks Minks come and try and kill her. Yeah. Fuck you, Arturk's Minsky. <laughs> yeah, good old Minsky. Minsky poo. So let's see, after that it was, uh, I want to say it was Protoss and then Zerg. Um, they, they switched it up in Brood War in the order. It still started no, with Terran. No, it was Zerg then Protoss. Was it? It was the same order? Pretty sure. Oh. Oh no, wait a minute. It was Protoss, then Terran, then... No, Protoss, then Zerg, then Terran. Let's take a look. I think. God, I cannot remember this for the life of me. I'm, I know that it started with Protoss, though, because the initial thing is fleeing ire. Just, they just drop you right into that. And they don't need to assume that you don't know stuff because it's the expansion. So they switched it up. Yeah, give me a second here. I actually think it's Protoss, Terran, Zerg. Because First I, episode, yeah, it's Protoss... Then it's Terra, and then it's Zerg. You're because right. that was the that was the general dynamic is that it's the rise of the Queen of Blades, mm-hmm. and the UED. They let's say they peak in high school. <laughs> it's like, hey, look, guys, we're kicking ass. Oh, wait a minute, we got our ass kicked. Oh wait, Raynar's actually like really good, and we are being being betrayed from within, and the Zerg are uncontrollable, and we're betrayed by Kerrigan, who pretended like she was like okay now. 
that was so obvious. My mm. God. Of course, to be fair, they knew it too. They were just willing to, you know, take the chance. And yeah, Phoenix dies again. So that's a thing. Yeah. That was a hell of a mission. You have a mission in the Zerg campaign where it's like, all right, it's time to be Evil McEvilson, where you betray everyone while yeah. you let their guards go. Now, go kill. Yeah, where the, go kill the Phoenix, objectives Rainer. are go kill Phoenix and Duke. Rainer gets to live. Well, yeah, but wasn't that technically still the objective? No, Rainer wasn't there. Oh, okay. Oh, no, he just shows up, or like shows up in the comments. Yeah, or he something. shows up and says, Damn you, Kerrigan. Right. In the most cheesy way possible. Yeah. And Zeratul shows up and kills the Dark Templar matriarch. Oh, yeah, because she got infested. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's unfortunate. So, yeah, that was a thing. And Duke was kind of a douche, though, so it was kind of fun killing him. And then Zeratul runs into a genetics facility run by Duran, where they're creating a Protoss Zerg hybrid. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Our, our which which goes introduced. someplace in Heart of the Void. Yeah. Uh, Legacy of the Void, or whatever it was. Yeah, Legacy of the Void. Because your main opponent in, in that one apparently is primarily the Zelnaga. Yeah, I'd heard about that. I may have read the wiki. Which is the progenitor race for the... Progenitor race. Progenitor, yeah. I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yep. But uh, Of both the Protoss and, and the Zerg. And the Zerg yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, because the Zerg, they basically were... <laughs> it's funny, even the Zelnaga couldn't control the Zerg. <laughs> well, no, they, they, their whole thing was, we want to create the Zerg because... Because they, they were... Apparently they were incapable of evolution. So, like, let's create the ultimate evolutionary form. Yeah, about that. I'll let it go fun. Go do its fun thing for a while, and then we'll come back in later and, uh, and assimilate it, because that was their plan. Yeah, it's like no one ever no one ever does anything in moderation in the StarCraft universe. I know, It's right? like if they were cooking, or let's just say they're microwaving something, it's like, oh, this is kind of lukewarm. Let me put it in for another 30 minutes. It's like, no, dude. Well, <laughs> we were going to talk about it here, and... Now is, I guess, as good a time as any to talk about it. That's kind of a hallmark of Blizzard writing. Right. Uh, we were talking about how the, the fun times where Blizzard's writing wasn't bad, but it wasn't good anymore. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, StarCraft is much better written than StarCraft Two yeah, for the most part. You're right in that they, Blizzard never does anything by half. So, like... like Take the ending to the original Diablo. Yeah. I destroyed Diablo. Let's shove his... Let's shove the stone with his soul into my skull because that'll keep things safe. Right. Um. What could possibly go wrong? It's not like he, you know, possesses anyone or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Oh, but, the essence of evil in a human body. No, that's never been done before. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty dumb. Let's, uh... I, I will say this. There's a bit of a distinction to make. For the most part, it's the execution of the story, not the story itself, that it was much better back in the day. Yeah. It, it is still better overall in general. It's less predictable, and there's not as many cliches, or at least they're better hidden. Um, but overall, it was the execution. Di the original Diablo is a great example of that, because there's not much writing there, because there isn't much dialogue or words. It's more of, like, the, sh like the general feel and, like, uh, you know, how it's laid out. I mean, you know, there's some things, there's some lore here and there, and you could read some stuff, but 
Yep. That was an early enough game that you didn't, you know, you didn't really have like voice work or anything. But that, that's another thing we only we only touched on that lightly. Um, the voice work in StarCraft series, I really like the guy that does Rainer's voice. Yeah, he has this just uh, I don't know this like rustic charm to him. This is Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, you're just like on this his side Jimmy. from the word go. He was like yeah. the Fonz in a motorcycle. He was a space motorcycle. Well, he he was Rainer um, in both iterations is primarily a good old boy. Well, he's like the everyman stand-in character, basically. Yeah. It's kind of like if you were in the StarCraft universe, how you would react. You're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, these people are crazy. Like, what's wrong with everyone all the time? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Even people he sides with, like Minsk, you know? Yeah. Who turns out to be a total dick. Total asshole. Or at least more of a dick, because it was already kind of obvious he was a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and really, Raynor just wants to be peacefully left alone. Yeah. That's all that that has been his primary thing. He was a marshal in a town. His whole thing was just yeah. keep the peace. Right. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Keep the peace and don't interfere with shit. He becomes a, you know, a revolutionary war hero because of course he does. Yeah. And they they kind of they kind of oscillate a bit with StarCraft 2 because it's like Oh, but he's kind of a drunk fuck up. Oh, but he's you know he's a heroic again and well no, he was he's an alcoholic. Yeah, he's just a high functioning alcoholic is his thing. Gotcha. Because I mean he goes and he takes over Char. Right. Which by the way, just as an aside, we're talking about characters, heroes here. Um, General Warfield, total badass. Oh yeah, that guy is so great. The one with the, with the, the bionic with arm, the arm, arm with the cannon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so cool. He's great. I love that guy. And I love how you go and you save him, even though he's even though he has been trying to kill you this whole time. It's like, yeah, why are you doing this? Oh, you're trying to kill me. I'm not trying to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, and that's that's kind of a callback to the, to the rescuing Duke thing. It was one of the very first missions in StarCraft. Is Minsk is like, we're gonna rescue General Duke, and Rainer's like, whoa, I, I, you must not be coming through clearly. What did you say? <laughs> and that's the thing is, you gotta like hold off the Zerg and like as they repair the ship to get it flyable again, and you know, again, it's investments, you know, and that's that's another thing too is that um, another thing that they kind of touch on in StarCraft is often a lot of the people. I mean, we're talking about actual people, meaning non-Zerg combatants here, because they're just you know. Um, Forces of nature, basically operating on instinct and being commanded yep. through, like you know, hive mind well, the or Zerg are the Zerg are the bugs. That's why we. That's why we hearken back to right uh, to Starship Troopers and to Alien to a certain extent because they they don't they don't have they are not people they are weapons right right they're living weapons that's all they are yeah it's somewhat similar to zombies in that sense only obviously the fast variety. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, anyway, the, the, what I was going to say there is uh, a lot of the combatants aren't necessarily, like, uh, dyed-in-the-wool or true believers or whatever. They're just people who are in the situation. And when things develop, their allegiances may change. They may want to f either fight for a different side or not fight at all. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like, like the Confederacy. Like, it was a corrupt system, but within it, there were plenty of people that were decent people. And uh, General Duke may have been a bit abrasive, but like when push came to shove, he was an honorable dude who was like, "All right, this is kind of fucked up, you know." And you saved my ass, so you know I'll do you a favor. Turns. If, so. if we if we if we end it at uh, at uh, one thirty, we get twenty six minutes. All right. 
So yeah, you had a pretty you know interesting cast of characters overall. Um, I would say it's obviously for obvious reasons easiest to relate to the Terran characters. You don't have the weird like alien culture stuff going on that yep. you don't really you know <laughs> can't relate to. Although there's a lot of allegories there too, of course, because you know you have like the Light Templar and the Dark Templar, and you know you've got like different ethnic groups mm. and like you know and really countries only, and stuff. And, and really, the only thing that that uh, that 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 saves them is that the, is the dark, the dark and the light come together as one. And Speaking of cliches, uh, yeah. Hooray! Bring balance to the force, or whatever. Yeah. The gray Protoss. <laughs> of course, they're all gray, aren't they? <laughs> uh, more of a light blue. Yeah, they vary, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's funny though. That's something that I find amusing about Protoss is. Outside of their armor, they're like these little, like, Jar Jar Binks-looking motherfuckers that aren't intimidating at all. But when they're suited up, they're, like, gigantic and imposing, you know? Like, like a zealot out of his armor is just some weird, like, wormish thing. But in the armor, it's a total badass. That's because... It's basically, like... It's because they're... That's because they're the super tech... It's like an exoskeleton. Yeah. It's like somebody getting into one of those, like, uh... Again, to, like, like, a, like the loader scene in Aliens, or, like... Uh, you know, like a Battletech suit or like Pacific Rim. Or, or like you know. uh, or like the mobile infantry in the book, Starship Troopers. Oh, imagine that. Starship Troopers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess Goliath would be, would be a better analogy for the mech stuff. Yeah. Goliaths are so cool. Goliath online. You gotta love the whole, like... I mean, because they're just awesome at everything. They can yep. blow shit out of the sky. They're solid on the ground. They're fairly mobile. Until Brood War came out, they were my standard ground unit because I could have an SCV go with them. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, because back before Medics, you could just do that. You could do the same idea and make it Goliaths, like two SCVs yeah. per group of Goliaths. Ten, ten Goliaths, two SCVs. The Goliaths shoot everything. The or I, Typically, actually, I would have... Group 1 would be 12 Goliaths, and Group 2 would be, like, 3 SCVs. Group 1, attack move over there. Right. Group, group 2, come in three, come in 20 seconds later. <laughs> I also think, um, over, I think overall, though, uh, Siege Tank's probably my favorite Terran unit. Yeah, the whole transform and, tra- transform and, and, uh, and shoot the, the fucking, splash yeah. damage, just getting globs of, like, turning Zerglings into paste is so satisfying. Just yeah. Boom. <laughs> This makes such satisfying noises. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a lot of. I think overall the Terran had the most, the Terran had the most fun voice acting. Yeah, because they had all the different like accents and like cadences mm-hmm. and stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. And they tend to have lines that were like you know lines you could actually relate to. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like five by five. It wasn't like my life for ire. It's not like oh that's hilarious. <laughs> but, oh, you wouldn't give your life for ire. <clears throat> eh, I don't know. What did I ever do for you? It would have to be pre-Zergire, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, the Terrans, they had some great lines. Um, even just the Terran Marines, they're like, jacked up and good to go. Mm-hmm. Like, I want out of this. If you kept annoying them, you'd be like, I want out of this, I want out of this chicken shit outfit. Yeah. They bleep the, the shit part. You called down the fire. Now reap the whirlwind. <laughs> Get old fire bats, which were also... Oh, I'm sorry. No, you called down the light and now reap the world. That was ghosts. Oh, that's right. You called down the light and now reap the world. Oh, speaking of Starship Troopers shout-outs, I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. Calling in nukes to turn the tide of battle. Tactical nukes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now that I... I didn't realize just how many influences Starship Troopers... No, it's hugely... It's It's very Starship Troopers, yeah. It's it's almost (laughs) like, you know... 
Starship Troopers is one of the most hugely inf influential pieces of work in space combat, in, in, in pseudo far future space combat, yeah. it, like ever written. Well, you can even just say science fiction, really. Yeah. You don't have to quantify, uh, quantify it that much or well, qualify I mean, it. There's a, lot of, there, there's a lot of things, but like 40K is, very, is heavily influenced by Starship Troopers. Yeah. Star, uh, Starcraft is heavily influenced by Starship Troopers. Yeah. And I'm talking about the book, not the movie. Right, obviously. Which, oddly enough, came out around the same time. Well, you mean the movie? You mean the movie in nineteen ninety eight? Yeah, yeah. I no offense to the guy who was in the movie that people apparently all like and was at VisionCon last year. That movie sucked. Wait, you mean the original movie? Yes, I like the original movie. Well, I'm biased because I liked the book and it was a complete betrayal of the book. Well, I love the book, and I'm. It's just like you said before about the whole author pointing to the books on the shelf thing. Like they are completely different things, and one does not tarnish. This the is other. true. I also I just didn't like it. And that's perfectly fine. I just don't think it, you know, it doesn't diminish the book, so I don't give a shit. That's fair. Two very in different things. In any case. Um, uh, what else would you really want to touch on here? I mean, we can always Starcraft revisit Starcraft 2 came out. This is a huge, we could probably talk about that at some point. It's a huge topic. More than we it's have. an entire franchise. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because to put it in perspective, Blizzard has, like, three main things. Starcraft, Warcraft, and Diablo. And considering... Yeah, now they got Overwatch, too. Well, that's true. Yeah. There's a lot of ground to cover for each franchise, obviously. Activision Blizzard. Uh, oh, another another significant thing with um, <clears throat> with original StarCraft was the the rise of custom maps and modifications. Mm -hmm. they, you could actually do your own like scripts and like name units and have like text, and you'd have like your your text mission briefings and stuff. So people would actually come up with either one-off missions or entire campaigns where they would do their own like custom story with either original characters or incorporating characters from the game. And that was interesting. I had a friend who uh, who made a who who made a what was supposed to be an intentionally low-powered multiplayer uh, map. Uh -huh. um, it was a thing where your it was like you couldn't allow your infantry supply to get above twenty-five, otherwise it would trigger the attack of. An, uh, Ultralisk that he had that he had made. Oh yeah. Um, he called it, of course, his bitch because, of course, he did. Because this well, was high school. There's, there's don't do this, or or you'll or you'll make my bitch angry. Uh, it was an Ultralisk that was invincible <coughs> and dealt max damage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I remember you, that that reminded me of this other thing was. Um, there's a custom map where it was like a it was like a uh, oh, what do they call it like a kaiju movie thing where you had an ultralist that was named Godzilla or Gojira and like you basically had to like team up with other players to bring it down with hero units so you know it was like a monster movie yeah. thing that was kind of funny and it, and after a couple steps um, modding in StarCraft was big enough that modding was uh, was also included as with mod tools, etc., for Warcraft Three, uh, which then led led to Defense of the Ancients, which led to the to the uh, wildly popular MOBA genre yep. that is out these days. Yeah, and so there led is to an entire genre of games. Yes, there is there is an argument that can be made that if StarCraft had not been successful, then MOBA games may not may not have existed. At least not for a very long time. Or, you know, or at the very least would not exist in the same form they exist in now. Right, right. 
So uh, we we talked about favorite Terran units. Uh, quick hits. What are your fa what what would you say? Probably Carrier for Protoss, right? I really like Carrier, and I like uh, I like uh, Dark Archons. Dark Archons are pretty awesome. Mind Control is amazing. Yeah. By the way, totally breaks the game where it's like, hey, you have a whole new army now. Because <laughs> if if resources are no object, you just get twice or three times the, the unit capacity based on what you, if you mind control a drone or a probe or whatever. Uh, so that yeah. was weird. By the way, total nightmare for the Zerg because Maelstorm uh, just Maelstrom, destroys yeah. biological units, and that's all the Zerg are, all biological units. Yep. Uh, nothing but Dark Archons were a lot of fun, and the fact that you could mind... And mind control was one of the nice things about them. Yep. Um, mind control cruise, battle cruisers and Protoss uh, carriers, that was like yeah. really good bang for the buck there. Um, Zerg? I don't like the Zerg. Which do uh, you detest the least. If I had to say, given the, the, the playstyle that I am most fond of... Let me guess, Lurker. Yeah. Which is actually, coincidentally, probably my favorite unit. The ones that the ones that burrow down and then shoot the spikes, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember Hence the name, called. Lurker. Yeah, it, it sounded right. Uh, <laughs> In StarCraft 2, they get an ability where they can move around while they're burrowing. I know. that was yeah. I liked that a lot. Pretty cool. Especially great for defensive stuff because you can reposition them as needed. It's like, oh, they're attacking this way. You just slide them over into position. Yep. Uh, I, I do actually really like Hydralisks, though, um, which is funny because Lurkers are evolved from Hydralisks, so it's mm -hmm. fitting. But yeah, they're just they're so versatile. Again, both same, just as powerful versus ground and versus air, and they're they're cheap and uh, they're small enough that they don't like get in the way of other units. They're just a good bread and butter unit. Yeah. Um, I, I did enjoy the special abilities of the Queen as well. Spawn Bruling is especially satisfying, is when someone gets like a uh, you know. Say an ultralisk or a, um, I don't know what what's another expensive ground unit you can regular archon. Yeah, archon. You could do it archon. There are a few you couldn't know because they're robotic, like uh, probes and uh, yeah, reavers. You can't, you can't hit goliaths. You can't hit uh, siege tanks. No, you can do siege tanks because there's a driver inside. Really? Yep. Huh. That's stupid. I think so. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. I'd have to check. <clears throat> no, I think you might be right. I, I, mean, I was pretty sure they counted as mechanical units. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right, actually. And as far as and as far as Terrans go, I think we both agreed siege tanks are the best. Oh yeah, siege tanks are amazing. And that's another unit. And uh, <clears throat> here's the storm is uh, Sergeant Hammer, uh, siege <laughs> tank unit. There's a good representation of Starcraft. Is he a corporate in tool? Well, it's a she. It's it's no. it's well, one is of she the... a corporate tool. Uh, no. Yes, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> Reference. Come on, you should get that better than anyone uh, else in our group. It took me a moment, but <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, no, she was one of the characters in Wings of Liberty, I think. Um, Sergeant Hammer. She's the, the person that, uh, like, maintains your upgrades for those units and stuff. I don't remember her necessarily off the top of my head. <clears throat> uh, let's see. For me, um, let's see. Well, no, I already, I think I covered it all, right? Siege Tank. Lurker. Also and, really like ghosts. Oh, I didn't, I didn't decide on Protoss. Um, favorite Protoss unit? I think Dark Templar. Dark Templar are a lot of fun. Just having a permanently cloaked unit that can do that much damage. Yeah, it is really irritating when... One swipe kills a Zergling. Yeah. One swipe. It is really irritating <clears throat> when you don't have... Uh, when, when Detection. You don't, when you don't have your overseers hanging around properly yeah, with, for their vision. Yeah, yeah overlords, whatever they're called. Um, yeah, the overlords. And suddenly you're... Drones start exploding. Just start dying. <laughs> yeah. You're like what? 
Oh, and you hear the noise. Oh, oh shit! And you try and like get the and slow ass, ass moving in. in the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even with the speed upgrade, they're just kind of slow. It says really slow. The slow ass move. And of course, the minute the other player sees the over the Overlord coming, oh, it's ring. It's Benny Hill time. Yeah, it's, it's ring around the rosy. Wee! I'm leave. I'm gone yeah. now. And it's, yeah. Had fun. Yeah. Your shit's blown up. I knew all too well being a Zerg player. Yeah. So yeah, you had to be careful about where you position them. That was another thing is they doubled as your supply depot, so you couldn't expose them too much because then you would get them blown up. So yeah, yeah, that was a thing. That was another super annoying Zerg on Zerg strategy is scourging the overlords. It's <laughs> having a coordinated cluster of them just blow up like most of their overlords at once. Yeah, well that's why if you're a good Zerg player, you've got your overlords scattered all the fuck over the map. Yeah, and protected. Yeah. Well, also just randomly, like, the the thing you want to do is you want to put them over a place where they're only attackable from the air anyway, and you want them spread out. Right. That way you can't scourge all of their overlords, you can scourge that one you found there. Pretty much. <laughs> and they usually, and they don't typically take all that long to spawn. Oh, um, we talked about... Uh, Starcraft heroes and that was the other actually really that was the main thing that bugged me about the Zerg what's that um having to wait for larvae oh yeah they fixed that really good in, in Starcraft 2 well the thing you about it, more larvae here's the thing though is that hatcheries are the cheapest buildings they're only 300 minerals so you could easily double up on hatcheries and not have to wait so much so still it kind of evens out still irritated me yeah Sorry, you said something more about Heroes oh, of the Storm. Oh, Heroes of the Storm. Um, I was just going to say, uh, for people that play or uh, have played and haven't played in a while, it's worth Rogus. logging in soon because they have uh, free um, portraits, StarCraft II anniversary portraits. All you have to do is log in and boom, you get three free portraits. It's the iconic box cover art ones, the Terran, the Protoss, and the Zerg from the original boxes. Nice. So that's fun. Phoenix is a new hero. Yeah, and he's, uh, mo like most releases, totally OP right now. Uh, they tuned him down a little I've bit. I've never seen but... any MOBA wherein the new champion yeah. isn't just broken out the gate. Which is and the business needs to model. be fixed in, like, two or three patches. It's a combination of they, they want to err on the side of too powerful instead of not powerful enough. And, the, in my opinion, the bigger reason is because, hey, it's the new thing that costs the most, so we want everyone to buy it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a very cynical way to look at it, but you're probably and very not wrong. accurate. Yeah, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> I don't think it's a coincidence that the the hot new hero that is at max price for whether in game currency or real currency, yep. um, is totally awesome and OP for at least a couple weeks ish until well, they that's get why, it. That's why that's why League of Legends typically gives them a discount on real world world money, but uh, but they cost <clears> more in game money in their uh, initial right. two weeks. It's yeah. It's it's savvy business business uh, strategy, right? Which I won't throw stones at, considering the game's free. Yeah, you don't have to spend anything if you don't want to. For people who uh, play StarCraft Two, uh, Phoenix is available as a co-op commander. Also, you can play. Also, Wings of Liberty is free now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really worth just downloading and playing as a really good just standalone story. It's lots of fun. Yeah, it's fun either way, single or multi. And also it gets you access to the multiplayer for as much as for anything you like. 
And Total Biscuit has a has a total conversion app mod out that you can that you can download and play for free as well. Well, it kind of goes. It harkens back to what we talked about with the original StarCraft, where the best strategy is to provide the game, mm -hmm. right? So it's kind of a return to form, which is refreshing. Yep. And I remember that was a controversy when. Uh, um, StarCraft Two was coming out. People were upset about the whole like must be connected to the internet thing because it destroyed the LAN component of it. Yeah. So that was a thing. And Always Online got turned off pretty fast too. Yeah, it's uh... Always Online DRM is stupid because there are times when you can't be online. Indeed. And you want to play games. Yep. And I always feel bad for all the all the active duty military people that want to unwind with their favorite game and they're just effed yeah. because internet issues. Yeah, I mean that was why uh, PS4 got such a big uh, got such a big initial push over uh, Xbox. Right. Because right. Xbox One, at least initially. Yeah, they tried to hype the online thing and be it was like, like always has to be connected. You always have to have to connect connected online online online. Yeah. TV, TV, and, TV, and and uh, and Marines were like, "Fuck that!" No, <laughs> I'm in Afghanistan. We're lucky. We're, I'm lucky if I can check email exactly. on base some days. Yeah, and I want to play Halo. <laughs> and just people that are out in the boonies that have craptastic internet. Yeah, it's like I can't play this competitive multiplayer game when I'm relegated to crappy satellite internet. Yeah, you know? but hey, you know what I'd like to play? Story modes of games. Yep. That's why I'm actually so psyched for um, Beyond, uh, not Beyond Two Souls, sorry, uh, Detroit Become Human. Because it is a single player only story driven game. It's not games as live service. Right. There's something Bullshit. to be said for that, you know? Yeah. Which is that was why Doom was so... The new Doom that came out was so good. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, Yes, it had a multiplayer. Yeah. But the multiplayer was entirely tacked on at the last minute. Yeah. Um, because some corporate executive... Wait, you, it, you made a shooter? It doesn't have multiplayer? And, <laughs> it's, and the people in software were like, yeah. It's like, report to <laughs> HR for 40 lashes and then, then add a multiplayer. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, and, and almost everyone's like, and people are like, this, this multiplayer sucks. And, and most of the devs were like, yes, yeah, corporate, corporate made us. That's not why we made the damn game. The captain said I had to. <laughs> Pretty much. Play yeah. the single player. It's fucking fantastic because it is. It's one of those things where it's like... Uh, it's so against the grain now when it used to be the exact opposite that it feels like it's new again. It's like, oh my gosh, what a novel concept. People just focusing on a single-player game and not yeah. worrying about this other crap. About the only people that do that is Bethesda these days. Yeah, I was about to say, Elder Scrolls has always been a good staple of that. Bethesda and Bioware. Yeah. and that Bethesda, Bioware, and Quantic Dream, they're pretty much the only ones that do that. For the most part. It's sad. But hey, they do it really well. This is true. And it sells well, which means it's still a viable business strategy. Yep. Um, we're pretty much out of time. Yeah, anything, else worth, anything else worth saying? Uh, let's see. We covered most of the stuff. Um, 
just another general point about StarCraft as a franchise, you know, a cultural impact in general is that it has transcended the medium where you see it in memes, you see merchandise, of course, all the cross-pollination with the other Blizzard games. Yeah. Even way back when, like, old-school vanilla War World of Warcraft, they had, like, a Zergling bonus pet. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes it goes back that far. Um, and, yeah, there, you know, a lot of cross-promotional stuff there. Um, um, there's, you know... Obviously, like the other staples, there's various merchandise, little plushies and stuff, um, and you know various cosplay at the cons, which can be interesting considering how elaborate some of the uh, units and I've characters can be. There's a couple really good Kerrigan cosplays, which is impressive. Well, there's so much detail there. Yeah, that's what's crazy about it because you have like grooves on spines and like and and the crazy spiny and, braid thing, like right. dread, not really dreadlocks, but so effectively dreadlocks, dreadlocks thing. Yeah, zerg zerglocks. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and of course you know the like the the different colored eyes and, and like the, the skin and, stuff. And, the, and the bone wings and yeah. And the flavor. Yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff going on there, and of course you know for people that like to do the like. Big robot suit stuff. Terran, they're just like a wet dream for that. I'm working on building a, a suit of power armor. I would like to see... I mean, obviously it's a thing that has happened many times, but I would like to personally see, in person, someone doing one of those, like, I'm walking around in a robot suit type things of a Goliath. That would be pretty legit. That'd be cool. I got a picture somewhere of a guy who was at uh, Springfield Game two years ago as a uh, 40K uh, Space Marine. Nice. And he was in... And, and he was in stilts. Like, he was nine feet tall in, in the costume. Oh, you know, what else would be fun <laughs> is uh, if someone cut, did a custom, like, scooter or a small motorcycle and made it into a vulture. Even that just a custom cool. paint job for a legit motorcycle as a vulture would be nice. Yeah, that'd be cool. There's all kinds of iconic Terran stuff because they all, uh, they have, like, uh, one of those art mirroring life things where they have the the uh, the various units and like mercenary outfits and stuff that have like you know names and nicknames and crests and symbols and stuff you yep. know so uh, they have a lot of kind of like um, that's another that's another quick thing to mention too is like they do a good job of um, doing the Star Wars thing where it's like it's the future but it also feels lived in and gritty with like the Terran aesthetic and stuff yeah like you have like these vehicles that seem like they've been, been around a while and seen some shit yeah <laughs> but yeah just kind of random thoughts at this point yeah. I think we hit most of the big stuff definitely enough um, enough fertile ground here to revisit other aspects yeah there's a lot of stuff in StarCraft 2 we didn't talk about uh, StarCraft Remastered I haven't even tried yet I'm sure at some point I'll pick that up on sale so we can yeah. Uh, see what that. See if that. You know. See what that's like. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. Overall, for for the un uninitiated, um, like Neil said, you can get StarCraft Two Wings Liberty for free. So if it if it interests you, try it out. If you uh, if you prefer to uh, go through it chronologically, you can get remastered for twenty bucks. Yep. Or cheaper if you catch it on Does sale. Does it include uh, Brood War? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. If it didn't, I think people would get. Pitch, uh, torches and pitchforks and yeah. go down the Blizzard offices because that game it get head and shoulders better when they release the expansion. This is true. It's hard to imagine playing it without the expansion. This is true. Yeah, awesome franchise. Uh, you know, all of its flaws are vastly outweighed by its pros. Yeah. Good stuff all around. Uh, graphics, sound, music, voice work, gameplay, uh, multiplayer options, customization, just awesome franchise. Definitely. Indeed. All right, well, um, hopefully next week we'll actually talk about Jessica Jones. 
I'm not promising it at this point because, I don't know. Under promise, over deliver. Something else might happen. If not, we had a couple ideas um, that were kicked around for what could we pull out of our asses immediately to not, uh, today that are coming up, that, that would become could, good for coming up. Thinking of maybe doing a, uh, we should have done a March Madness bracket for well, various we, we can things. Do, we can do a, a, a belated one and that can become a tradition. Yeah. Do March, Mad- March Madness in May. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Combine it. Synergy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, in the meantime, next week on Geek Fanthology, this has been Neil. Mike, Mike, and Mike. Yep. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye.